The Soil with Korobela here on Lifetime Live. If you've just joined us, this is SAFM leading the conversation. My name is Asanda Beda in for Chriselda Dudumashe on this Monday, the 18th of March. So last week, the country was shocked by the news of a 19-year-old Mondio High School pupil uh, being stabbed to death by other uh, pupils. So uh, the suspects have been uh, released into the custody of their parents. Uh, that's the latest. But what is going to happen at the end of this case? And we're asking... Are juvenile centres the best form of reform for children who commit uh, crimes? And joined uh, on the line now by Balesa Moakane, who is Western and Eastern Cape Provincial Manager for Seoul City. Welcome, Balesa, to Lifetime Live. Uh, thank you, Asanda, and yeah, good afternoon to your listeners. Well, thanks for making time uh, for us uh, discussing such an important topic. Let's first uh, talk about juvenile centres and what role they play. What interventions do juvenile centres offer? Okay, um, I I believe that uh, they are supposed to be rehabilitation centres. And I do not even know the duration of it, uh, which obviously as Soul City, we are bigger advocates of a different form of how to to engage and actually work with these youngsters, obviously, in terms of rehabilitation. So um, it's, a, it's a formal government uh, process or way of, of, re- of, you know, like actually just uh, rehabilitating people that have committed crimes. That's just all I know about, about juvenile centers. What are the main reasons for children committing crimes? Um, I'd, I'd like to believe that um, as a society... There's a huge gap that we have with uh, children. So in, children interventions are not necessarily supposed to be started at school, but they're supposed to be started at home. So there needs to be interventions around um, masculinity, about issues that young people are faced. Who could, it could be bullying. There needs to be those dialogues around um, harmful gender norms or societal norms that a lot of youth are experiencing. And this is not just a once-off intervention, but it's interventions that need to be rooted in our society, rooted in our young people, and how they're supposed to be engaged. So uh, talking about, you know, how we raise uh, the children basically in the home, and that's where it needs to start, because, I mean, by the time we talk of juvenile centers, it's, it's, it's kind of late, isn't it? Well at that time but so in terms of the responsibility then in in cases where i mean we're saying parents have a a huge role to play here i think it's pretty clear Uh, but in terms of everyone else who are the other major role players who have an influence when it comes to how children are raised you you talk of society so asanda take take yourself take myself we are raised in community Mm. We are not just only, like, we're not islands. We're not in isolation. So, for instance, when we're talking role players, we will start with community members. We will start with parents. We will start with uh, then schooling systems. We will then start with um, education because that's where the, the, the kids are going to school. But it would need to start somewhere. So the intervention should not just fly and start at a point where um, maybe in high school or in varsity. So, for instance, I'd say to you, it's, it's, it's actually evident that, uh, for instance, in the more recent crimes that we've just 
been reported, younger people are the ones that are actually engaging in these crime activities. So the, it clearly then says primary school learners need more intervention. So, mm. for instance, when we're talking, you know, like um, such interventions, we're saying do, for instance, um, what we are conversing in schools or what we're being taught in school, work on the developmental needs of, 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 of youth. So, for instance, how do we then shift the norms that are very harmful to say, so, okay, we work with early childhood uh, intervention. Mm. We work with soul bodies in schools. We then involve male and female, and then we're saying to them, this is how we need to be treating each other as fellow human beings, so that we are able to then, if, if, if perhaps somebody says, I'm being bullied, it's not something foreign as well. So the parent intervention is also important because when you talk, when you teach a, a child about bullying and the parent is also left out, or they're actually seeing uh, violence happening at home, and then you come tell them bullying, they're thinking, okay, but I see this at home. I see this at home. I see my mom being slept all the time. I see my other siblings being hit all the time. So it's normal. So we need mm. to engage and start saying, how do we unroot all these harmful norms from our society, from our homes? Ultimately, then it should then go over to schools. We're talking to Palesa Mokane, Western and Eastern Cape Provincial Mukua, Manager. Mukua, who is Western and Eastern Cape Provincial Manager for Seoul City, asking our juvenile centers the best form of reform for children who commit crimes. Uh, you can uh, call us on 0891-104-207. This is Lifetime Live. We'll continue our chat. Stay with us. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. It's 20 past one and we are taking your calls on 0891-104-207. You can WhatsApp us on 061-410-4107. Are juvenile centres the best form of reform for children who commit crimes is the question. Speaking to Palesa Mokoane, who's Western and Eastern Cape Provincial Manager for Seoul City. You touched, Palesa, on the addressing the developmental needs of young people in maybe saying that that's the alternative to juvenile centers or one-off, are these developmental needs of young people going to be the same for all young people? Can it be a one-size-fits-all approach? It can never be like that. Just like we're different, so obviously the shoes fit differently to all of us. However, it's important then uh, to engage the different stakeholders. So for instance, um, if you are from Kailicha, uh, and one is from Guagua, it's very different in that the issues that are faced in those communities are vast and very different. So what will happen is that when we go out and make examples or when we're having discussions, we have to be very in tune on what the issues are in that area. So we're talking um, Kylie Chow or Cape Flats where gangs are a problem, where bullying is much rife. We're talking areas or other places where the Kailicha site B rape is big. So when we touch about these conversations or when we talk about them, it's it's key that we we hit the nail really on it and just say um, these issues about power, these issues about masculinity, these issues about patriarchy, these issues are there, but how then 
must we then have these conversations with them? So, for instance, when we're talking a school systems, because these kids that have been um, uh, killed or that are killing our school going, mm. how then in the classrooms also do we then have discussions that talk to what are the issues? So, for instance, call those examples. Be added to saying young men are fighting each other. They, are, they have masculinity issues that they need to unroot. But also, what does it mean for them? So we need to then start engaging at that. But also we need to, to speak to our teachers and our caregivers so, so that they also have the power to influence and question some of these um, norms and assisting into directing. Because remember, if Asanda is a role model, we are going to imitate and see what Asanda is doing. Then how do we then make sure that we've got even the right people that can actually be within our society and make sure that they are good examples? Let's take a call uh, from Penoni Uve. Welcome to Lifetime Live. Welcome, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you, Puti? I'm okay. Yes, my my understanding is... Excuse me. My, my understanding is it is very, very important that each and every human being must must know the do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to the, 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 the young ones, the, the children, it is it is no good to to think that a, a, a student or a teenager will make a mistake and therefore it will just be taken to must be taken under the care of the parents. In the first place, he did the he broke the law or she broke the law while she's under the care of the parents. In any case. So why should it be a problem when they should be taken to a a a, 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 a prison? It is in a, but but what I'm what I'm against is mixing the, the young ones with the, the the, the ordinary uh, uh, jail system, like the hardened criminal. That one, I think it, it will make things worse. So All right. I agree. Okay, thank uh, you for your... Yeah. Th- uh, thanks for your call, Uwe. We appreciate it. Uh, Nanang Gobese, you calling from KZN. Welcome. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, um, what Vanessa is talking about is what you're dealing with at Women Forward, mm. where we deal with community issues. But what is very important for me in what she's saying, because we're talking about youth, there's a missed opportunity uh, all the time in South Africa when we do things, even in education. Those young people who are at school should be dealing with their local issues in that orientation program. We cannot have a standard uh, curriculum when it comes to local issues that the children should be familiar with, because we miss out on the opportunity to correct what is locally important to those children. Mm. And I think when we went to school, those are the things we dealt with in different capacities. I don't understand why the curriculum cannot address what the local issues of those young people are so that we don't find them in the streets because there is nothing that addresses what they are dealing with at school. Thank you so much for your call, Nana.
Okay, so I mean, uh, touching on that, I just want to go before we get to. There's a WhatsApp and there's also an SMS, Padlesa. Uh, uh, just addressing mm-hmm. what the two callers are saying there, Nana, agreeing with you that it can't be a one-size-fits-all approach, and you know the the community and the local issues need to be taken into consideration when shaping the orientation programs. And Uve saying, uh, well, it's a, a an individual knowing the do's and don'ts. Is it as simple as just knowing what to do and what not to do? Because I'm thinking at this stage, you know, children are taught what's right and what's wrong, but they can still do what's wrong. They can do what's wrong, definitely. So we're not taking away the fact that there's a, you know, like, for instance, the crimes are being committed. So, for instance, if you go to the first caller, what she was saying is that, so when, when you take young boys, they are very vulnerable also to crime because they're being bullied. And and also, if you look at it, um Bullying does not just come, it, it, it's another, it's a secondary effect that perhaps this young uh, boy from Kofimvaba has, has been seeing um, the mom being hit and the mom says it's okay. So it's some of those things that bit by bit we have to work at it because it's not as easy as just saying, yeah, get out of it, it's done. It's very, it's, it's very rooted because then in order for us to shape and change what has been normal for all the time, it will definitely take time. It will definitely need interventions that have been proven to work. And, and Nana spoke about it. It's, it's unfortunate that those opportunities have been missed, yes. But also we need to make sure that right now going forward, because we see them on a, on a high now, mm. that people are being killed, and we have to definitely make sure that we stop that. So right now... The, the learners have been uh, released back to their parents. What, what, are, what are the parents supposed to be doing at this point? Parents have not been engaged. Parents still believe, okay, this child maybe needs a, a hiding. A hiding, will it work? Do we need, do we need to maybe become um, part of a social uh, a movement where we have young people having men sectors and sitting and having these conversations about what really happens? We had an imaginary men's conference. Maybe it's time that there is a men's conference that talks about these issues, that really, really digs down and says, what are the issues that people in Bloomfontein, people in David in are really experiencing and how can they actually make sure that they get it right from as young as eight if need be. And that Bluey from understanding. Bluey from Bloomfontein uh, kind of echoes on those sentiments that you share because uh, the SA, well, they sent us an SMS saying uh, obviously the parents had no control of the boys before the crime, but now the courts are releasing them under parental custody, question mark. I mean, is that going to help? Um, I, I can't say it's not going to help, but it's maybe then because then even the parents also need a bit of guidance or they need support. So I'll give you an exa- example of how we our programs are run within Soul City Institute. So we have a social and behavior change model that we use that says a child is not an island. Mm. A child grows within a community. A child has other influences from the community. But then how do you make sure that even the parents, even the caregivers are there? So we would have um, parent and caregiver sessions that influence and that talk to having a rapport with their kids. 
it's important that parents understand that when your child is from school, engage with them. How was school? How was it? Imagine right now, Asanda, mm. a child comes home and they've lost a calculator. And when they get there, the first thing that they get is a hiding. Not even being aware that by them losing that calculator, they were pushed around and slept around in school to for them to snitch that calculator away. So it's it's defeating that process. So it's just for us to say, how then do we make sure that we start redirecting and changing the norm in, in trying to solve things? So violence is not the answer, but mm. we have to have those engagements. Okay, we're going to take uh, uh, the news headlines uh, now and continue with our chat. If you can just stay with us, Palisa. Remember, you can call us on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938 and SMSs are charged at 150. Uh, it's just gone after half past one. Over to you, Utsi Lesako. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.5 FM in Tabazimbi. On Lifetime Live, we are asking our juvenile centers the best form of reform for children who commit uh, crimes. And uh, we welcome your calls on 0891-104-207. We welcome Robin calling from Cape Town now. Uh, hi. Hi, Robin. Oh, I used to... Oh, well. Hi. I can hear me. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. I've got a very quick question or slash comment to make on the on, on just the topic being like it, it feels as though there's lots of um like old thinking and I and I use the term very loosely old thinking because you get something that's been done now on like and and I know we're referring to um, potentially like crimes on the like on the local side. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the, the work that's been done like by the PG guys, like if you look at what ISIS is doing and how they're using digital um, AI to be able to pick up what 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 like how to um, almost be able to identify people that fits the criteria for certain crimes and certain gangs that they get associated to. So effectively what's been done is they use social media, they're using things called hashtags, and all that it does is it effectively um, like almost like they, they're able to uh, segment people based on certain hashtags. They you also they use they use your identity based on the fact that you you aren't Robin as a person or you aren't whoever as a or B Joseph as a person. They put you into a certain bucket. And then they eventually feed you certain messages that's like the subliminal messages that almost get your mind to think a certain way. And that's what I wondered, whether that's something we shouldn't be thinking about already now with what people are doing, being these subliminal messaging. Because if you say, for example, if you're touching, an, uh, if you're touching a stove and you get burnt, you're going to learn that way. If that, if that sort of methodology, that thought process isn't the one that's working and we're doing the same thing over and over, do we almost expect something different or are we expecting that yet we're just going to use the sticky tape or a plaster approach being this is what we think is the issue when we shouldn't be thinking a lot broadly around actually what are things that people are currently using or what, what is technology telling us how that we should be doing that we actually aren't doing that will potentially help us a little bit later down in the future. Thanks for your call. So you're basically saying the influence of technology and social media, Robin. I think that's the gist of his uh, comments. Julian, you're calling us from KZN. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? You are, man. Mm. Now, I must admit that I do agree to a certain degree with your host, the lady hosting there, Palisa. Mm. Because like, in, in, that's, that's, that's like in an ideal world, you know. But if you look at the situation in South Africa now, we're not in an ideal world. There's something called good fear and bad fear. You know what I mean? 
Like the fear of God is a good fear because why? You've got a conscience and you know there's consequences if you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Same as it applies to the fear of the system, where you call it the, the police services or the, or, or the justice system. The problem we have in the, at the moment is that there's no fear for that. So obviously there's no consequence behind it. Now, if the police's uh, uh, um, system would only work if you got if there's a fear for the system, the law. That's where the system like it works. So first you've got to make the, they've got to, got to create the fear of the law. There's no fear of the law in South Africa at the moment, and it's filtering down to our youth. So if you want to put a system where what police are saying where it's a systematic system, yes, it will work. But so long as there's no fear for the law, people think they can do things and get away. Then no system can work. So you've mm. got to have the fear first. People are going to fear the system, going to fear the law. You get a youngster now, comes out and murders someone, and you're going to try and rehabilitate someone like that. So that means the next car can do the same thing because you go to rehabilitation. There's going to be examples. You've got to see the laws that work to stand understand hard on certain things. You've got to create fear in your people. I mean, there's much more poor countries in South Africa in the world, which I've traveled. You talk about Thailand, Cambodia and stuff. People are suffering every single day. We live, we're living in, in heaven here. But because of fear of the law, you find that you feel safe in those countries you feel in this country. So we can't blame poverty. We can't blame uh, the, the apartheid system. The fact that there's no fear of the law in this country is not upsetting the whole system of South Africa. So the focus needs to be on that first. There's going to be consequences for every move. You know what I'm you? And then you can start working on systems and working on programs in order to have, to, to, to have a better society. But you cannot work it the other way around. The fear of the law and the respect of the law has to come first. All right. Thank you, you so much for, for your call, Julian. What has been your experience as Soul City, Palesa, in terms of how the law uh, operates or doesn't really in this matter of uh, rehabilitating or reforming children? Julian saying there, it lacks in, in, in our country that people do not fear the system, they don't fear the law. What's been your experience? So it, it's not really instilling fear because remember, um, people have to be also orientated about what is it that we're trying to fix. So um, in, a, in, a case, in a case of this where minors are also involved, we still want to educate them and make sure that they understand maybe the, the wrong in what, in what they have done. So I, I set an example just before the break around sometimes it would have been a re, you know, like they are retaliating. But for them to also understand that you cannot then maybe retaliate violence with violence. Mm. It's it's that that we're trying to instill, because um, if if you go around, since I spoke a lot about masculinities, and obviously what we need to talk about is that um, our rehabilitation centers or our juveniles at this particular point are just trying to probably knock into these kids that you've done wrong, this is crime, emphasizing the criminology of it more than how do you then shift the behavior that needs to happen. So it's not then trying to instill fear in people because when you instill fear, some people are we're definitely not going to fear that. We have issues obviously around corruption and a lot of things that are happening within our society and our government, but we do not really want to say that people should not have, they should be aware that we are guided and there are laws for a reason. But it's important for them to understand that we want the rehabilitation to also be effective even in the long run. So today you step on my feet and then I'm all angry and then I stab you tomorrow. No, that's not how we do it. You consult with it and say you stepped on me, please just be careful. It does not make you a coward. It does not make you a you know, stupid.
stupid. It's mm-hmm. just for them to then engage in saying that, oh, okay, you can actually have somebody stepping on you and it could be an accident. If there are bullies, because we want systems that also are able to identify bullying. So schools are also supposed to be enablers that are are able, where, where, where youth is able to converse and they are free to open up and make sure that they can actually report bullying. There's systems that, that's, that's the lawness of it. There needs to be tightened up systems where reports are then followed through. That's just where we also then want to emphasize. So we work with schools because there are nodes of care. That's where we already know that there's systems in place that are meant to protect that are lawful and that we could use that. So it's important for us to make sure that we've tightened those areas. We have a WhatsApp message from Cohen in Port Elizabeth, which reads, Our youth are not catered for. There is almost nothing to keep them busy. Swimming pools are closed, so there's nothing for them. When I was around age 15, we had soccer every weekend, and that kept us out of uh, trouble. So extramural activities for children uh, will help there as well. That's what Cohen is saying. So let's take a short break now, Palisa. I just want to get your closing remarks, uh, and we'll do that after this. All right, so let's get your closing remarks, uh, Palisa, on uh, this topic. Are juvenile centers the best form of reform for children who commit crime? Maybe let's start with the SMS before we get that. So this is uh, from Siabulela Daniso, who says, Children learn from each other while playing. You must inspire your child to love books more than uh, television. Okay, so lots of uh, different views from, from people. What are your closing thoughts? Okay, so what I would then close out with is just to say that um, it's it's key for parents to maybe encourage kids to be part of um, programs such as Soul City, Soul Buddies, Classroom Soccer interventions that are within school so that uh, they are able to identify, they are able to actually see these problems from afar. And they're also able to be engaged and understand that they are maybe the future. But the most important thing right now is that we've got almost like a little less under two months where uh, South Africa will be going to the polls. It's Mm. important to be asking our different political parties who want to be in government to say, why should we vote for you? Why is it important? Because then if... Right now, the biggest fear of kids is going to school. Then we need to be then saying, is security, school safety key to the manifestos? Is it key, you know, for the well-being, but also parenting interventions? And I like the whole idea of the sports that are not even there in our communities. That is the question, because you need to be asking yourself, are we then voting for what our society needs right now? So we have the power to make sure that we can shift those. But it's important to engage our kids, and it's important that we do not uh, instill violence in, in everything that we do. Converse, converse, converse. Have, you know, sit down. Mm. Sit down with the kids and actually just have that engagement with them. It's important. Absolutely. So thank you again for your time, Palisa. We appreciate it here on SAFM. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much, Asanda. Good day.
Thank you. Palesa Mukoane is Western and Eastern Cape Provincial Manager for Seoul City. She was ch- uh, chatting to us here on Lifetime Live. Of course, the programming continues. We're going to play you some music now.